0: Okay, so uh, the last time y'all heard from me um it's in a very uh very awkward place. And you know, I think I owe y'all a little bit of an explanation. But I'm still not really at the place where I can just say it. So I'll put it to you like this. The Best Man is one of my favorite movies. People that know me know this. I was very, very, very much excited when the sequel came out, and I cannot wait for the series to come out this fall. Do with that information what you will. Now, I'm in this awkward place where I feel... And this is, you know, whenever you're talking about feelings and then obviously there's facts. And oftentimes your feelings don't line up with the facts. But I feel betrayed without actually really being betrayed. Per se. Really depends on how you want to look at the situation. But, you know, it, when uh, it, it took a long time to reach certain levels of maturity on certain things and uh, you know like I said situations are situational you don't know how you're going to react and respond until you're within that moment but we decided to get clarity on things uh, no, you know always had thoughts and feelings of s- such things but there was really never a, re- a need to you know turn that stone wasn't ready for whatever could be on the other side but last week i was like you know what fuck it fuck it let's let's just get this out of the way like it's it's an elephant in the room you know it i know it let's just let's just deal with this elephant, and uh well, it was dealt with it was it was definitely dealt with, so now it just kind of bring like it begs the question like is it a code if you're the only one that follows it like is there is like you think that there's just an understanding what's understood shouldn't have to be explained, but Oftentimes, which causes miscommunications, many times, uh, people don't have shared understandings. And, um, you know, it's it, it's interesting, a very, very interesting spot to be in. Um, but situations are situational. I will say this. I will say this, though. Women have absolutely zero morals zero, none, nada. They have no code. There's nothing to them. They're just, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny saying this, especially cause I know where I'm going to be ending up going later on in this episode, but women have no morals, none, none. Just awful, 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 awful. Keep listening though. Keep, keep, keep listening for the, for the people that are convicted that I'm a, uh, misogynist uh keep, keep listening though but women have no morals um yeah man there's a dit like, like I've said you have to know before you see you have to know before you see but I didn't know i felt but now I know now things are awkward Very, very much so. I will say they could have been much, much more awkward in a previous state. But, yeah. I think it's pretty clear by now what it is I'm referring to. Now, you may not know exact situation, but you have a pretty idea of the uh, general issue at hand. (laughs) So, yeah. It begs the question that I've talked about on this podcast in the past. Is perception reality? I would say yes with the caveat. I think perception is reality. But that doesn't mean it's true. We live in a crazy world, crazy time where oftentimes kind of like what i said here earlier sometimes what you feel is more important than what's true so if somebody's living in a reality where something's true and another person's living in a reality where something's true but then you're living in a reality where something else is true well these are all three people's reality even though like (laughs) there is no (laughs) your personal reality but this is just the world that we live in everybody is their own thing it's it's you know but that also still doesn't mean it lines up with the general actual real reality there's the world and there's how we perceive the world which is why i believe perception is reality because we all move and operate within the perceptions of our reality and not what our reality actually is so yeah Women have no morals. And it's funny. It's funny because, you know, I love the best man. I love this movie. I love this movie. But I wonder, even though we have a pretty good idea. uh, Well, it's, it's, it's generally, generally. I don't think that movie would be able to be made if it was The Bridesmaid. And I'm sure maybe there is a been a version of this, or hell, probably multiple. It's not like the story's that unique, but what this happen if it was bridesmaids? That'd be a nice spin off. you know who knows may who knows what they'll do with in the future. I can't wait for them to bring back the series. so with that being said, I find it funny because I have a female friend, and uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know it's. <laughs> Y'all know what I've said in the past about having female friends, but she she fits that criteria. If you remember the criteria, then you understand what I'm saying. If you don't remember the criteria, well, then you can go back and listen, or you can let your own perception shape the reality of this podcast or this lifting experience. There. Boom. So, I have a female friend that is uh, dealing with a very, very, very similar situation as they did in the Best Man movie. Yes very, very, very similar situation, but the difference is, which is also just the key difference between men and women, wi- or another another example of a difference between men and women, is, um, she is not happy. She is openly not happy. Like, she is, uh, she is severed ties with that friendship completely, and it wasn't too long ago that they were, like, sisters, and now, like, it's fucked that bitch, like, for real, for real. But, Now, some of the general dynamics of The Best Man, well, actually, it's also just our perception of how we watch that movie. Like, there is no reality. Everybody, we can all watch the same thing, but take something very, very, very different away. So, what's reality, really? Now, Now it's actually getting crazy. Like... There's just some things that are just, you know, fact. The sky is blue. We get it. We understand that. There's nighttime and daytime. Well, then again, if you're those people that live in fucking Norway or whatever the fuck it is in the North Pole or some shit where they get 12 hours of sunlight and, or 24-hour days and some shit. So, yeah, every everybody's perception is their own perception. So, that leaves us with what is reality. But she's really not happy. And uh, she's she's going in going in to a degree and I'm watching her go through this process and I'm just like even if I wanted to behave in that manner I couldn't because of the perception (laughs) with the difference of men and women But it's also a completely different dynamic with men and women. I told her this, too. I told her, like, you know, like, I I couldn't, like, (laughs) I could not do this. Like, if if I did do this, like, it would would be very, very, very problematic. Because it would look much worse than what you're doing. And it would also look worse optically. So, it's just... (sighs) Wars have been fought over women. People are in jail over women, never seeing the light of day again. And if you ask them, they would do it again happily. It's crazy, It's really crazy. but uh yeah, that's uh that's what that was uh all about. taking it day by day guys really like, it's it's easy because you know you're very it's <sighs> even though one can be removed from a situation it's it, it kind of generates a completely new reality with it, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, bro. <laughs> um Yeah. Is it a code if you're the only one that follows it? But we're going to keep on keeping on. Well, you know, actually before we move on, I will say this. In getting that clarity, it did actually in somewhat some way make our relationship closer. Because even though it's a very, very, very bitter pill to swallow, like damn near cyanide. You understand. And we'll actually probably touch back upon this whenever I start talking about Ime. Yeah, hey, look, I have points. I have things that I want to get to. <laughs> um. I think it made us closer because... It let me know, or it further let me know, what type of time said party was on. Now, that's a very tough conversation to have. I've had it before, and I've seen people try to have it with me. <laughs> but, it's a very tough one to have with your man. Well, pause, because, you know, y'all are, you know. Okay. But it's a very, very, very difficult conversation or can be a difficult conversation to have. Uh, which is why oftentimes the conversation is never had. But if you do have said conversation. The honesty in it <laughs> it's it's funny because on one hand you're admiring one's honesty about the situation because you know that it can only lead to the 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 percentage chance of it being productive and leading to something better is oftentimes low but in a crazy weird roundabout way it's almost as if I can trust them even more even though I would have to completely ignore the high levels of distrust that would be justified it's an awkward spot but which reality do I choose to perceive, so you know we'll see we'll see where where that goes see where that goes um anywho uh something else I wanted to talk about I planned on um <laughs> plans for the podcast have been uh kind of all over the place <laughs> given the events of last week, <laughs> but um. Last week, I want to talk about a little football right now. Uh, you know, I got to get into sports. And if I'm talking to you niggas. So, um, last week, uh, the Saints and the Bucks played, and there was a uh, brawl ish, and uh, it led to the suspension of Mike Evans. And obviously, him and Marshawn Lattimore have history, which I love to see. Like, I mean that 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 was that was great television. Great television. I haven't seen football like that since Odell and Josh Norman. That was a hell of a day. That oh my, what was it, twenty fifteen? Oh my god. That it, and it just came out of nowhere. That was great television. I, bring bring back more rivalries like that. A rivalry in football can be great. It can be so great, but there aren't any real rivalries in the NFL. Like. They, they re- really try hard. Like, honestly, since Peyton and, uh, and Brady, like, I don't think there's really any, I don't think there's been any real rivalries. Maybe there's just something that's so obvious that's skipping my mind, but like, I don't see Mahomes and Brady as a rivalry. I don't see, like, I don't buy into all the division robberies. Like, oh, this is the oldest robbery in sports. We got the Packers and the Bears. Like, okay, I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm, I'm sure maybe they do in Wisconsin and Ohio or Indiana or wherever, Illinois. I'm sure they give a fuck about that shit there, but eh, whatever. and You know, now that I'm thinking about it, it might just really be all because of proximity because there's no real rivals in Texas. Like, I don't like, I mean, Houston and Dallas, like, they are rivals, but that's just, that has really nothing to do with sports. Sports just amplify that whenever they're good, if they're good. Um, UT and A&M don't play anymore. More personal to me, UT, SA, and Texas State, I mean, it's it's really not a rivalry. It's just, you know, it's, it's personal it's, for me. Like, it's fun just because, you know, my dad went there. I would have went there. I have a lot of friends that went there. I, I actually, for a long time, grew up thinking that that was where I was gonna go. So you know, I mean, like you know, I'm. It's just it's fun, but it's not. I don't. It's not a rivalry. It's nothing real. Um. Yeah, maybe 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 it's just me that's immune to rivalries. I don't I don't. High school didn't have any rivals for real. I mean, yeah, but that that was, anyway, I'm getting off track, getting off track, but that was the birth of, or at least we thought, a birth of a great rivalry, and it's just, it's great to see, and it's great to see in the NFL, but one thing that really caught my attention with that whole thing was, and I, I hate to say it, but Tom Brady looked like a real Karen during that entire exchange, like... Marshawn Lattimore is chirping at the bench or whatever and Tom Brady's walking by or whatever and Tom Brady says something and if I'm remembering correctly Tom says something to him first Marshawn's talking to the general direction of the Buccaneers sideline but Tom's talking to him so now like now they're interacting and Tom's over here like Tom's like sticking his chest out and like he like if you read his lips like he was saying some shit and like tom like he t- in this nigga face talking like hey we can do this shit right here we can go i woke up this morning ready to die like that's a, that's what it looked like tom was on but we all know tom wasn't on that it was an nba fight it was an nba fight until niggas remembered that they were football players and mike evans came and did what the fuck mike evans did he he didn't wanted any reason for a green light on Marshawn Lattimore, so I mean he gave it to him, but unfortunately he was out. Uh, he got suspended and was out today, which obviously affected them. But we'll get to that. Actually, we probably won't. They lost today. Whatever. But, Karen Brady, we like he's getting a real pass for that. Why? Go back and watch that. Like he's in Marshawn Lattimore face. Hey, shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut up, bitch. And I'm just like Tom. You acting totally different tom like i know you know that everybody got your back but like that that, that and that's that's something that that just it's kind of it's really annoying uh it's kind of like when women get into altercations with men like they know they can they have the green light to say and do whatever the fuck they want to because if the man does what he would do to a man well then it's gonna be very 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 problematic so you know i i, I don't like when that that's bullying that that's bullying like when you you're coming at somebody it that it that's bullying, but for whatever reason that bullying is okay these days. So it's the world we lived in. But I was really I I really kinda felt a way about watching that. And like I'm like Tom that, that really has a bad taste in my mouth. Pause again. Niggas. While we're on Brady, um you know, he's dealing and maybe this was just a run over of, you know, he's just hey, maybe Tom was on that type of Tom. You know, let, let, let's play the other side of it. Let's be Tom Brady advocate right now. Maybe like Tom Brady's just like, fuck, bro. Like, I'm in year 86 of this shit. I'm, I have my O lines kind of in shambles right now. I have no receivers. We have great, great talent on paper, but none of these guys are lining up to play. My wife's in fucking, she's out the country with my kids. Like, I mean, like I've become accustomed to a certain routine. And even though the routine may not be what you wanted and what works best for you, Giselle, this is what I've been doing for 20 plus years. And I'm used to waking up and seeing my kids and my wife. Granted, it's not really like I'm spending that much time with you. Allegedly, we don't know what Tom Brady does on the day to day, because I mean, it, the idea that they're in the fucking facility every day from the 12 to 11, like, or my fault, seven to 11, like, it, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Maybe, maybe some coaches, maybe some coaches, but you got to think about it. This is their guy. This is their job. This is their job. When you get up in the morning and go to your job at seven, eight, nine o'clock, and then you leave at five, six, seven. Okay, well, they're doing the same thing, but they'll probably stay until 8, maybe, maybe. But they can put in 14, 15-hour days within the normal confines of a day. Some of these niggas might be getting there at 4 or 5 a.m. Like, they can they can do all their work and still manage to have time and all that with their family. But whatever. Tom's on edge right now. Tom's on edge. And what if, what if, let's just say, his, his wife's still out of the country... What if Tom is actually being a faithful man? You know what? Let me correct that. Let me correct that. What if Tom Brady is choosing not to exercise options? Because you got to think about this. Like, okay, Giselle, you left. You were out the country with the kids. So I have this big mansion to my house or to myself in Florida. And I'm Tom fucking Brady. Like, Giselle, like, you're bad. But I can have, like, ten of you. 10 different versions of you every day forever like forever like hey I would hope Tom Brady is you know he would like them a little bit older but just bare minimum they turn in 18 every day they turn in 18 every day now okay fine they turn in 21 every day they turn in 21 every day and he's in florida come on man so he's what i'm saying is he's got a lot of built built up tension and aggression and he maybe he was hyped up maybe he was like the offense wasn't flowing nothing was going right you know what fuck it maybe tom was about that life how about that maybe he was about that life i blame Giselle. i blame Giselle. while i'm blaming Giselle, why is she causing a scene like if you're gonna leave then leave but we know you're not so like cut the shit like everybody always brings up, oh, well, she has more money than Tom. She does this. She can do that. All right, do it, do it. <laughs> like, okay, like, like the you marry me because I do this. I'm gonna do this as long as I can do this. This is what I love. You love me. Like it. it this is what I love. You love me. Therefore, you love me doing this. End of discussion. Like, she's really being unsupportive if you really want to go that route. If you really want to go that route, she's really being unsupportive. I talked about it in the past how, you know, all right, Tom, like, say, nigga, like, you're 45. Like, you, you, you beat the game. You have all the records. Like, you, you have all the – go back to whenever I was doing the breakdowns of the quarterbacks and all that and everything. Like, like, Tom is, like, miles away ahead of everybody. Like, he's, like, whole Hall of Fame careers uh, over Peyton Manning. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's crazier to think because I remember the days when, like, Peyton Manning had all the stats. He just didn't have the championships. Tom Brady had the championships. Well, Tom's played so much longer than Peyton has now, which is crazy to think. Peyton's been gone from the game for, like, seven years. So, yeah, it, like, Tom has everything. So, yeah, yeah, I just, I you know. On one on one hand, Giselle, I understand. On the other hand, know your role. Okay. <laughs> Um, but like we're we're talking about football today, so, um, this is the fun part. Y'all are going to enjoy this. This week on Michael's wrong and knows absolutely nothing about the NFL. So y'all, uh, remember the episode I did last week when I talked about the games I was interested in and looking at and, uh, well, let's just go ahead and recap them again. Uh, so, uh, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. I was remember that, like, you know, football wise, it was obvious that Cleveland was going to win. But because it was so obvious, I thought that I was going to game the system and take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win. Well, I got played. Then uh, the Texans and the Bears. Well, that didn't work. That didn't work. Uh, then we have the Titans and the uh, Raiders. Uh, I believe the Titans were in the tough spot. Um, they were 0-2. Um, there was basically a must-win at this point, an early season must-win, because, I mean, they say that it's a long season and you can definitely make this up, but at the same time, stats are stats and numbers mean things, and no team has made the playoffs after starting 0-3. So, or, may, or maybe maybe it was a—I I might need to look back into the stat. But hey, you know what? people that listen to this podcast enjoy that some people listen to this podcast just to hear me be wrong so i would love for those people to you know go ahead and uh fact check me and uh if i'm wrong go ahead and let me know but as far as i know the reality of this podcast is that no team has gone 0-3 and, w- and made the playoffs so if you want to make the playoffs don't go and three so the titans they, they actually came through for me today they, they they actually won their game um and uh we'll be talking about the raiders offense here in a bit we'll be talking about that here in a bit but um I got something to say about that. Uh, then next thing up, I thought this was a no-fucking-brainer. Uh, Chiefs versus the Colts. Well. That didn't work. Then uh, we had the uh, Chargers um justin herbert mean you know i mean you know i like the chargers even though you know justin herbert was you know coming off an injury and everything um i was i pretty sure i said in the last episode that hey you know this is pretty heavily dictated on his health um and that was with the thinking that he might not play once they ruled him that he once they ruled that he was playing i was like all right yeah bet yeah no they got this it's the fucking Jags. but that Jags plus seven did look really really nice really 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 nice but did i take it i'm gonna be honest and transparent with you no i did not no i did not because you know i i I need i have the wrong perception of these jacksonville jaguars i was talking shit about matt ryan and i said these Jags better be a top 10 defense well through three three games through three games they're a top 10 defense so if that were to hold and you know i mean they do have a, what we once thought was a generational talent at quarterback. And uh, they're working on that receiving core. They have a decent running game. Um, there might be something going on in Jacksonville. There just might be something going on in Jacksonville. Um, but uh, it's not going on in my parlays because uh, Chargers lost. And uh, then I had uh, Seattle. Well, it was a pick 'em game. game. Uh, Seattle versus Atlanta. Um, I went with the home team. Well, that's why it was a pick em. Don't matter what the fuck, they played that shit. So, uh, all in all, uh, I don't remember which ones I actually took. And I um, these are the ones I had written down for what I was going to discuss on the pod. But I don't remember which ones I actually took. But of the ones that I was looking at last week, I went uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So, uh, 1 and 5. Go Titans. Not a good week. Not a good week. But it's funny how life works. I like to reference my early August schedule looking at the entire season. And uh, there's still one game to be played, the uh, Cowboys and the Giants. And I did pick the Cowboys to win. It. And I'm not making any changes to any of those picks because that was, you know, that's a whole different thing that I have going on. But uh, obviously, I've made that pick with the Understanding that Dak would be playing and the Cowboys would be, you know, gelling even more so as an offense with their actual entire offense and possibly even be adding Michael Gallup. So, um, yeah, see what happens with that game. Not going to make any changes to that. But as of right now, for week three, I'm 18 and 12. So we've had back to back 14 and 18 weeks. And uh, now we have guaranteed our first week of above 500. And currently, total, we are 40 and 48 on the season, which would be 45%. So, yeah. Since I'm still talking about football, um, I guess I'll just get this out the way. Um, it was an absolutely awful day in Daily Fantasy. Absolutely awful. Justin Jefferson. As a matter of fact, I need to see, I need to see what his, uh, I need to see what his line was. I need to see what he did, cause um, Justin Jefferson being priced at ninety three hundred, you just kind of think like he was the second highest priced uh, receiver um, behind Cooper Cup. So if whenever you're gonna pay, you know that that premium, you, you would certainly, certainly, certainly hope bare minimum, bare fucking minimum. <laughs> They give you 15 points, and that's still an awful day, an absolutely awful day. You have to make up with it heavily in other spots. If your top dollar player gives you 15, what well, could I interest you in? Where is it at? Where is it at? And I'm not sure if he got hurt, so maybe I'm just you know maybe I'm just complete dickhead and I don't know that he got hurt. But what I'm seeing here. Justin Jefferson, three receptions, 14 yards, and six targets. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that, Justin? And I can't blame you. It's probably Kirk Cousins' fault. I mean, I was watching Red Zone, so I I didn't see a lot of anything good from y'all today, but that's because I didn't see a lot of anything from the Vikings today, because I guess that game did not go the way it was supposed to fucking go. But then again, they won the game. So, you know, that's that thing like, oh, well, I play real football, not fantasy football. Nigga, I don't give a Fuck what you play we watch that shit because of this shit. (laughs) Okay. So like, whatever. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. Also, I had a T Higgins in a majority of my uh, lineups. And, uh, well, uh, I think T Higgins actually ended up having a decent day an average day. Um, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, but there was a, there was a bit of a scare. He did, he did get hurt. He did get hurt, but thankfully for him, and for me, that brings me back to the whole, and this is not the genesis of that question, but brings me back to that whole, can you genuinely want something good for someone when it benefits you? Because I think that your intention is pure. but talk about that later. Still working on that. But um, T. Higgins, uh, he, was, he was out, came back, ended up with uh, five catches, 93 yards. Yeah, no, okay, so that was decent. That was good. But then David Montgomery. It's just something about running backs with the name David that just rubbed me the wrong way. But David Montgomery, he was heavy chalk, heavy chalk. So if you decided to not have him, you're already in a different. You're already contrarian. You got to be contrarian when you're trying to win. The the big tournaments. You gotta be contrarian. But I decided to take the safe. Free square. At least I thought. And David Montgomery. At 5,900. It was a great matchup. Texas have been pretty awful against running backs this year. Uh, They're not letting Justin Fields throw the ball much. Not that he really has anybody to throw the ball to. And, um... It looked like we were going to see a solid 20 to 25 carries from David Montgomery today. Well, they did somewhat get that production from the running back position today, but unfortunately, it wasn't from David Montgomery. David Montgomery left with, I believe, it was an ankle uh, injury. Hopefully, hopefully he gets that checked out. He's okay. Again, do I genuinely want that, or do I want him to be ready next time I want him in a lineup? I don't know. I don't know. But he left the game after three carries and 11 yards. And I'll be transparent with you. Um, A pillar. A pillar. I have a process whenever I'm doing my lineups. But a key pillar in the majority of my lineups today was Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. Well, I guess I'll tell y'all as well. And Stephon Dix. Now, that was also chalk as well. That was that was heavy chalk. But depending on how you go about it, because they're chalk individually, but having them all together, it's a little less chalky. Just a little less chalky. It's, it's either you understand or you don't. I'm not going to get into the minutia of that. But Khalil Herbert, backup running back for the Bears, came in after... Uh, Dave Montgomery came down, comes into the game, and has 20 carries for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Khalil Herbert's a good player, but he's not their starting running back. He's not their starting running back for a reason. So I'm looking at Khalil Herbert's 20 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns, and just thinking, wow, what could this starting running back have done if that's what he did? What could he have done against that Texans defense? I'll tell you what. If he does what he's supposed to do in that, this podcast might be a little late. Might be a little late. Yeah. It was uh, not a good day. Stephon Diggs had uh, all the points last week. So I thought that it would be a solid floor, and he wasn't priced too crazy. He was seventy-seven hundred, so you know it wasn't priced too crazy. Um, but you would think that he would get you at least fifteen. I mean, his projection was nineteen. Um, but you know, I'm just you know a solid fifteen. You can work with. You can work with. Even more so at that price range of seventy-seven hundred. Well, today was the I- Isaiah McKenzie game, which you know. I'm s I I'm really starting to reevaluate my entire process when uh when doing this because you gotta be a sick fuck or have some inside information if you had Isaiah McKenzie in your lineup. And Isaiah McKenzie was in like one point six percent of lineups in one of the tournaments that I was in. So here's the news. Stefan Diggs just had like a thousand points on Monday night. Josh Allen's playing out of his mind, and they added Gabriel Davis, another receiver who's been playing out of his mind in the past couple of games that he's been in. So, like, okay, adding Gabriel Davis, that may cause a little bit of a dip in Stephon Diggs' production. That might. It might because, you know, there's another weapon out there. I didn't know that that meant that Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis were decoys for Isaiah McKenzie. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's what that meant for the Buffalo Bills offense. I didn't know that that's what Ken Dorsey had in mind. Like, hey, Stephon Diggs, all-pro receiver, Gabriel Davis coming up in his own right, solid receiver. Y'all do y'all's thing so that Isaiah McKenzie can eat. This is Isaiah McKenzie's offense. Do I think that's what they're saying in that locker room? No, but that's what the fuck it looked like today. Seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Devin Singletary also went crazy today, receiving. Would have been nice to have the Bills running back today. But I was like, surely we're going to have a hell of a day. Probably even 200 rushing yards from David Montgomery. Not happy. Not happy. And... That, that is the quietest, apparently, apparently, completely unbeknownst to me. Well, I guess the touchdown was really the big difference. But apparently, Stephon Diggs had seven receptions and 74 yards. So he really didn't have that much of a worse or really uh, that much of a worse game at all than Isaiah McKenzie. Could have fucking fooled me. And, 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 you know, another thing, how does one throw the ball 63 times for 400 yards? And the team is only able to put up 19 points. How do you have 515 yards in total offense and manage to put up 19 points? If you would have told me the Bills or the Dolphins were going to score 21 points today, I would have been like, hey, they had a hell of a day. They had a hell of a day. They still lost by 20, but they had a hell of a day. (sighs) yeah guys it wasn't a good day it's not a good day but that's alright because we have another opportunity next week the definition of insanity is doing the same thing expecting different results you do the math alright I want to switch gears again and I want to briefly talk about Ime Yudoku so um, obviously by now we're all kind of familiar with the situation and maybe even be starting to uh, get a little bit of new information on the entire ordeal and earlier on we didn't have enough information, didn't have enough facts. So people some people in the media were bold and did what you should not do on major platforms. And they actually stood up for Emay Udoka and actually like had a black man's defense. And I use black lightly because he's Nigerian. We're not going to get into that right now. We're not going to get into that. But anyway, yes, we know he's black, but you know, when we say black in America, we mean something completely different, but yeah, you know, whatever. And I do have to make that, uh, I, I do have to make that clear because, Hey guys, this is an international podcast. Don't sleep on me. We got listeners all over the world. Might only be like two or three, but they're all over the world. This podcast is listened to, and I need to count the countries, but it's, it's over 20 countries, so. You know, you know, hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Little old me. Little old me. International podcast. I know, I was shocked too. I was shocked too. Um, not going to get into that. Um, but Ime Yudoku, as uh, we know, has been suspended and will likely end up being fired uh, from his position with the Boston Celtics for having a consensual relationship with uh, someone on staff for the Celtics. And, um, Okay, we can understand. Like, you know, maybe that's an issue. That's something that you're not supposed to do in the workplace or whatever. Like, I mean, it happens. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. It happens. But, like, we all know this. But, you know, I guess when you're at a certain level or, you know, whatever, there's just certain lines that you don't cross. Like, you know, it's like, but then again, like, is there a code if you're the only one that follows it? Like, you know, or, you know, I just, you know, whatever. But uh, Ime broke the Celtic code. But he wasn't the only one that broke that Celtic code. He was one of two willing participants in breaking this code. When you think about it like that, you're just like, um. Ime doesn't need to be vilified. Actually, we really just like are talking about the situation of how crazy it is that he's losing his job for having an affair. But. If he's going to lose his job for having an affair, then the Celtics are establishing a precedent that, like, that's what happens whenever you do this. So if that's the case, does this woman not work for the Celtics? So shouldn't she also be suspended and possibly fired for this? Like, the only way it makes sense to me is if, like, Ime was fucking, like, the owner's daughter, or the owner's wife, but they're saying that it was allegedly some guy that's, like, the director of finance or something like that, um, but, you know, even then, like, I just, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. And then how does that guy, that's the direct that's even worse. That's the problem. That That's where, that's where, you know, she's, she's married. They're actually, like, they're, they're supposedly in this together. And, uh, yeah, the women have no morals. Well, I know, I know it's crazy. Yeah, I know E-May's having an affair cheating on his wife. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. But women choose who they fuck. So, you know, that's why, like, you know, in, in, the, in the best man, even though it took, you know, 15, 20 years, however long it was, you know. They were able to come to a place of understanding and accepting of, you know, hey, you know, all right, you know, sucks. But, you know, we did lose all those years together. So, you know, it wasn't worth that. It wasn't worth us losing all those years. And, um, I oftentimes think that the movie, uh, ended up being karma. Best Man Holiday, the second one. I'll let you, uh,. I mean, I think it's pretty clear what I'm saying about that, but I like to think that that was uh karma. So Anywho Uh, Ima Yudoku, I think it's fucked up that he's uh being suspended and fired and everything for having an affair. so you know, his uh the unless the other woman's gonna have the exact same punishment, but you know. I mean, men and women are supposed to be treated the same, right? Like, that's what these feminists are, like, bitching about all the time. Like, we want equal shit and all that. All right, well, I mean, you don't just get equal benefit. You get equal punishment, too. So, you know, at least that's what it should be, an actual, true, just world. And an actual feminist world. Because, you know, if you know what feminism is and what the actual definition of it is, then, you know, it means that you want equality. So, you know, equality is not great. You know, equality is not... <laughs> There's pros and cons of being equal. Just say that. Just say that. And I'm sure. In, oh. I'm not going to get racial. I'm not going to get racial. I'm not going to get racial. Okay. Uh. Anyway, so going back to football. Yeah, I know I'm jumping around. I'm jumping around. But I'm um, going back to football. And then I have a nice, interesting segment, which will probably be its own podcast. But. We'll see what happens. I want to talk about some uh, some surprises from today's games in the NFL. Some things that uh, stood out to me, things that shocked me, things that um, could be takeaways um, and things to look for going forward. And the first of those things is going to be the what I kind of touched upon earlier, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Defense is looking good against at least so far against the teams that they played. Like I said, they might actually be a top 10 defense. Uh, We forget that the number one overall pick in the draft. Well, you know, he plays outside linebacker, I believe. Um, So, you know, maybe he's, you know, having some success and he's improving that defense as a whole. And uh, maybe that defense wasn't always bad. They just weren't really scoring points. And it also probably doesn't help. If your quarterback throws like 20 interceptions, um, which is what Trevor Lawrence did last year, which is why that star kind of dimmed a little bit. But he's starting to show us once again, like, oh, yeah, there was a time that we said he was a generational talent. So, you know, I mean, Dabbo Sweeney said Sean Watson was Michael Jordan and Trevor Lawrence to a degree has outplayed him. At least like, you know, at, at this stage of his career, I'll say that I'll say that and I'm including college, obviously from college. Like, I think I could be wrong, but I think Trevor Lawrence had a better college career than Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, Jacksonville Jags. Uh, they are, I believe they're the as of now, they're the in first place in their division. Did not see that one coming. Did not see that one coming at all. I believe I had the Colts win in that division, so we'll see what happens with that. Tennessee's on the board, though. But uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville might be turning this thing around. And actually, it's it's weird. It's just the perception of Jacksonville, you know. Perception, reality. How are you you perceive things? Uh, cause I was watching this video of Jalen Ramsey watching, uh, like watching film with Deion Sanders, and I was like, oh yeah, I forget he was with Jacksonville, and like they were actually like. Good, even though they have Blake Brothers at quarterback. Like they were in the AFC Championship, I believe, or maybe it was the second round. I forget when they played the Patriots, but uh they they've been successful as of late. It just feels like they've just always been one fifteen or 0 sixteen. So you know, they're erasing that perception. Good for them. See where that see where that leads. Um my next uh takeaway from today's game is um uh, hold on, no, he didn't. Wow. My next takeaway from this game is um the Raiders offense and Mac Collins. So uh, Mac Collins was filling in uh Hunter Renfro was out so he stepped up today and uh, he had himself a hell of a day and you know I was able to salvage a little bit of things because uh, I had Matt Collins in a couple of lineups um, because um, I just thought he was good value. He was 3,300. I knew he was going to be seeing a lot of snaps, running a lot of routes, so he's going to have the opportunity to make plays. And boy, did he do that today. Eight, uh, eight receptions, 158 yards, and a touchdown. I think he ended up with like 30-something points. So at 3,300, he basically 10X'd. So it was able to you know erase some people's wrongdoings. Um, but, uh, Vontae Adams didn't really do much today. He had a nice touchdown catch. I'll give him that, but he didn't really do much of anything today. So I'm starting to have second thoughts and reservations on this Raiders team as a whole, as well as this Raiders offense. I said that backwards. I should have said this Raiders offense and the Raiders team as a whole. We do it live. Well, to a degree. Um... I was of the mindset that adding Devonta Adams to Darren Wilder and Hunter Renfro and having Josh Jacobs was going to be uh, pretty, pretty, pretty potent. And it has not proven to be the case at all. Um, in fact, the uh, the Raiders are 0-3. So, damn. Uh, I might be jumping ship. I might be... I'm not too far away. If they end up going 0-4, I might, I might have to jump the ship on this one completely. Um, this... I I was week one, we saw Devontae Adams have like eighty seven targets, so I was just of the mindset like, all right, cool. So like we all have an understanding of how you're supposed to use Devontae Adams. Like you give him all the targets. Um and you would think that his college quarterback would uh know that and remember that and like, you know, since he hasn't had a receiver of this caliber for a very, very, very long time, I don't even think it's fair to Devonte to put Amari Cooper in that class, but he hasn't played with somebody of this skill level at the receiver position since college. You would think that that would be a quarterback's dream. So why? Did, oh, okay. My I was about to go off. I was about to go off. Well, I mean, but targets, targets don't really mean anything. You got to see what the targets actually are. But apparently Devontae Adams had 10 targets, so, you know, that's cool. But then again, like it's also a target if you throw it in this general direction when being sacked and like it goes like five yards or you throw it like 90 yards into the stand so like a target that's a somewhat of overrated stat but five receptions for 36 yards like in one touchdown like was Deion sanders guarding him today like I i don't i don't understand maybe maybe i'm Maybe I'm blanking. Maybe Tennessee does have the best corner in the NFL on their defense. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I'm very, very much concerned that if they weren't able to figure out against a pretty down-and-out team like the Titans, that uh, it's not going to be any better. Uh, they play the Broncos next week. The Broncos' offense is dog shit. Um, but that defense is looking pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Um, even though they lost week one, they didn't give up many points. And again, Seattle played the game of their lives. Um last week, uh, I forget who the Broncos played, but uh the oh, the Texans I believe um I'm still don't really have any high expectations or thoughts on the Texans, so yeah, I'm saying all this to say uh I ain't looking too good thus far for the Raiders um that could be another low scoring affair next week. I'm actually interested to see what that line opens up for the Broncos and the Raiders um but then the raiders do play uh, 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 uh you know as I'm looking at the schedule it don't it don't look good for the raiders man it don't it does not look good for the raiders um this offense is going to need to figure something out and figure it out very 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 quickly oh jesus christ this is not lo- oh god oh god yeah now that we're three games in like this is a uh, this is murderous row Yeah, I had very, very higher expectations of them uh, going to the season. If you remember, I said that the Chiefs were going to be the team that missed the playoffs. But um, <sighs> if this offense don't improve, uh, they're going to have a pretty good draft pick this year. Be on the lookout for their Raiders. Sorry, Raiders fans. Uh, another takeaway, the uh, Dolphins. The Dolphins, um, well, we briefly talked about them somewhat earlier. Uh hell of a game today. Um, even with the two of them battling, uh, they're calling it a back injury. Okay. Um, and uh, the Bills, we talked about the offense. They were able to do everything they wanted except get into the end zone. So I'm not too concerned that they're will be able. they going to that they're gonna have issues with doing that. But that's a big win for the Dolphins. Very, very, very big win. And I think that even puts the Dolphins at 3-0. and Now, I will say that I think that they're a fraud 3-0, um, just because, like, I mean, I'm saying that because, like, remember a couple of years ago, I referenced it all the time, but the Steelers started off the year, like, 10-0, and but nobody actually thought that they were, like, an actual contender. Like, they, they literally had played the weakest schedule in the history of the NFL up to that point. Um, that might be the case here. Obviously, the Dolphins, I mean, the Bills aren't a bad team, um, but... Yeah, man, that might be the case. That might be the case. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously be able to see. We'll obviously be able to see. But uh, I mean, they, they beat the Ravens, obviously. Um, but it was a massive comeback. It was pretty much a collapse by the Ravens. It really just depends on how you want to look at it. And I don't remember who they played in week one. Oh, they beat the Patriots. And the Patriots aren't looking unbeatable. Like they're not that Patriots anymore. Maybe because they don't have that guy anymore. And Mac Jones is now hurt, so it could be a tough year for them going forward. See if he's able to bounce back soon. Um, but the Dolphins might be the team to team to compete with the uh, Bills in that division. And uh, lastly, my last takeaway from uh, today's NFL games. Um, Lamar Jackson is um, still Lamar Jackson. Who would have thought? Pay the man. Pay the man. Um, even though he's gained he's gained some weight, and like I said, he looks like Mike Tober back there at a uh, quarterback. Like he looks like fucking Jamarcus Russell back there, you fucking fat ass. But he's still able to move. Um, he's been doing more with less his entire career because uh, I still have zero faith and zero confidence with any of his receivers outside of his tight end. And um, at some point, at some point, Mark Andrews isn't going to be able to do it. You know. If your only weapon's a tight end and his last name isn't Gonzalez or Sharp, you might be, or Kelsey, you might be in, you might be in for a long time. Just saying. Andrews has had a solid couple of years, but I don't, I, I, I don't think he's in the class of those guys. He's really good. He's really good. He's not one of those guys. That's all I'm saying. Um, and Lamar, obviously, still able to run the ball, um, even though, like I said, he's 300 pounds. Uh, he ran for 100 yards today and a touchdown. So, yeah. Lamar is making it real, real, real hard, even though I'm starting to somewhat understand some of the concerns of his longevity and I'm not going to do the typical media like, Oh, well, I mean, he's going to get hurt cause he runs all the time. And no, no, I I don't believe that. Like, yes, you do increase your opportunities of getting hurt by, you know, opening yourself up to more of those, uh, opportunities to be hit. But I think it could be not sustainable whenever he loses a step. When he's no longer running a four, 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 three, four, four, like four, 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 five, five, six, or four, four, five, four, six, obviously still good speed, especially from the quarterback position. But all of those plays are going to start to take a toll on him. He's going to eventually slow down when he slows down. That basically takes away the throwing game, not saying he can't throw, but the way that this offense is constructed. Because the defense always has to account for his ability to run, so when even if that's in the back of your mind, it's in your mind. So you're not able to completely lock in, and that is what's able to get those. They don't have, in my my opinion, great receivers, but they have fast receivers. So that gives Rashad Bateman the opportunity to get that next step. That gives uh what's name Devin Duvernay the opportunity to get that next step. But whenever the not able to do that that's when yeah you have your security blanket in and mark andrews but like i just said i do not believe he's one of those guys really 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 good he's not one of those guys and when the defense doesn't have to be too concerned with his running ability that, ch- that, that we're watching it right now with the broncos russell wilson does not want to run he can he should be one of those guys that give you six to seven hundred yards rushing every year but he's choosing not to and it's not looking good for them. Not at all. Uh, Russell Wilson's at his best. And I don't think that he's one of those guys either. Even though he has a Super Bowl. I mean, Trent Difford has a Super Bowl, but whatever. But even though he's one of those guys, as far as like being a dual threat, he just does, doesn't does want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. And it's not not helping the team. But he thinks that it's going to make give him longevity. We saw the same thing again with RG3. And I think we can agree RG3 was a better thrower than Lamar, even though statistically, which is why, you know, fuck the statistics, but the statistics say Lamar Jackson's a very accurate thrower of the football. Statistically, completion percentage is pretty high. He's been the most accurate, according to completion percentages, quarterback at his age, every age he's been in the NFL. That's a fact. He's the most accurate 20-year-old, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, 24-year-old. That's Lamar Jackson. But for whatever reason, there's a narrative that he's not an accurate quarterback. So, okay. All right. Well, that's it uh, on the recaps from the this week in the NFL and um, I guess my week personally and uh, a little bit of forecasting of uh, where this is uh, going to go because uh, – now that you know that's something that um i guess i'm dealing with (laughs) um it's probably gonna come out in the content from time to time so uh yeah like like i've always said like hey this is a soap opera if you miss one episode you'll be lost forever